Victory, victory Tuesday. Feels good to get a win, especially against a divisional rival. So we're going to get into all that. It is QB Monday or QB Tuesday, so we will have Greg Pinelli coming on. All right, so I'm going to get your guys' reactions right away before we get to Greg. But uh feels good to come in here after a win. I see everybody already coming in here, man. It's the 49ers morning show. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Cross Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I am happy to see everybody in the chat. Hopefully, everybody's feeling good. We see the flames coming in. That's more than five flames. So, I'm assuming everybody's feeling really good about the 49ers win over the LA Rams. Same old sorry-ass Rams, 31-10. to 10. Big-time win. Uh... I guess it just kind of proves the point. We've been saying it. Kyle Shanahan, he owns Sean McVay for whatever reason. Rams looked really soft. Really soft. Obviously, I have some takeaways. I want to save my quarterback takes for when Greg Pinelli comes on. And again, he'll be on in 30 minutes. So um, I don't want to talk about the quarterback position. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, his play. What does that mean for Trey Lance, his development, all that? We'll wait on that. But for now, 49ers are four and five. And have some winnable games. And we talked about it yesterday. This was a game, you know, you, you, you want to be that team. You got to win this game, especially at home. And now you go on the road. You play the Jacksonville Jaguars. We could be looking up in seven days and the 49ers be 500 and potentially the team in the last spot for the playoffs right now. So 49ers are in striking range. And uh, it feels good. It feels good. There's no incentive on losing this year. You don't have a first-round pick. So um, keep winning. That was awesome. And uh, I see everybody in the chat, man. You guys are great. As always, make sure if you if you aren't or if you haven't already, listen to the Locked On 49ers podcast. Myself, Brian Peacock, we recap the game. That's awesome. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, Locked On NFL Draft. If you are a draft person like me that wants to hear the draft year-round, uh, year myself, Ryan Tracy, Locked On NFL Draft. Listen to that. I got the links to those in the description underdog fantasy i didn't play last night i wish i would have because i would have taken the over on debo samuel he killed it almost had 100 yards 21 yards short of a thousand yards on the season for debo samuel man 49ers haven't had a thousand yard receiver since maybe anquan Bowden. so that's awesome uh a lot of takeaways from this game jimmy ward he was awesome i think i was more excited about jimmy ward's play because of how he had talked about stafford over the offseason, and people are like, oh, he's going to put a target on his back. I'm Listen, y'all, real niggas don't care about no target. I don't care about none of that. Said what I said. Let's go, Jimmy Ward. All right? All right, but um, let's really get started with this. I'm going to talk for just a few minutes, and I'm going to bring y'all on and, and hear y'all before you know we get into my guy, Greg Pinelli. I had a comment on YouTube. Someone commented and was basically like, oh, Croc, how you feel now? You was just, uh, you, you know, talking bad about Kyle Shanahan and, and you know, you pandering for clicks and stuff like that. First of all, I don't do anything for clicks. I don't do anything for clicks. 
All right. I don't do anything for clicks. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, if I title something, I mean, like, yeah, you, you want to catch it, but like, I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, I'll, there will never be anything that I say because I feel like that's going to get me more attention or cause more, draw more attention to any of my platforms or anything like that. Like, never, never. I don't, I won't do anything for clicks. Um, I'm just not that person. I don't do anything for attention. I'm not like this attention seeking person. Um, anything I do is really just because like, you know, talk to, talk to y'all about football. So anyways, this guy was like, Oh, how do you feel? Kyle Shanahan, you would just say he's on a hot seat. Are we taking them? First of all, there is no hot seat. All right. Kyle Shanahan, the, his contract, the, the extension part of it, the six years hasn't even started yet. All right. Oh, now my mom's in the group chat. <laughs> uh, she's in the chat. So the Kyle Shanahan, his, and that's my mama right there, y'all. Y'all go say, say hi to uh, mama, mama Ellie. All right, so Kyle Shanahan, his six-year extension, it hasn't even started yet. So it's not a hot seat. But can we be upset with some of the results that we've gotten from Kyle Shanahan, his staff, and what his tenure has looked like? Yes. So the person's in the comments, and he's like, oh, so, you know, pandering for clicks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you said he was on the hot seat. He won a game. Great win against the L.A. Rams, divisional rival. We needed that. We needed that. But that doesn't take away everything else. We're I, Like, if, when I start speaking out against Kyle Shanahan, it's not because of one game or one season. Bro, we're talking about over five years. And at the end of the day, the 49ers are still under 500. How does it? How does how does a coach in his fifth year with the team and being able to you know have a lot of time to turn this thing around? How are you? One, you have four losing seasons, or it looked like it's trending towards four losing seasons, but three three losing seasons in four years. You start year five losing three and five. You just come off of a loss to Arizona where you got your ass kicked and embarrassed at home. How does that not like deserve some level of scrutiny? Or criticism. So that that I read that 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 comment this morning on the YouTube. It kind of got me fired up a little bit. Kyle Shanahan, he's not out the he's not out the woodworks yet, man. Like obviously, I love that Kyle uh, won this game. I love that he owns uh, um, Sean McVay. Keep kicking Sean McVay's butt. I gotta watch my language. My mom's on here. Keep keep kicking Sean McV Sean McVay's butt. But he ain't in the clear yet. Great win. Now we got to go do it again. And that's been the problem with the 49ers this year. You know, wh wh where's the consistency? Like, who is this team? Are we going to continue to get what we got last night? Because if, if if Monday night was any indication of what the 49ers are going to be moving forward, awesome. Awesome. Like, please. I'm rooting for Kyle Shanahan. I'm a 49er fan. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for him. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's weird because I see a lot of my comments. People are openly like, you know, not, you know, they want Jimmy to suck or they want Trey Lance to suck or, oh, he doesn't need to play. And it's like, I'm rooting for these guys. <laughs> like, I am a 49er fan. My mama tell you, when my mom, that's my mom right there in the, in the uh, pinned uh, comment. When I was about five years old, I asked my mom what her favorite football team was. She said 49ers. From that moment, I was a 49er fan. That's how I became a 49er fan. All right. Like, I have been a 49er fan basically my whole entire life, 30 years. 
I'm rooting for the team because at the end of the day, when Jimmy's gone or Trey Lance is gone or whatever, I'm still going to be here and still be a 49er fan. All right. So if, and I'm the most like optimistic, uh, you know, seeing the good in situations. So I'm always trying to get people to benefit of doubt always. And if it like, if I start to speak out against Kyle Shanahan, it's because it's year five. It's year five. And one win against the Rams, that's not going to change what he's done for the entire. I need to see it again. I am rooting for Kyle. I want him to succeed. And I love the win last night. 31-10, 49ers stomp the Rams. Great win. It, it felt like uh, our guy Matthew Stafford was trying to throw the game. I don't know if he went to Vegas and put money on it, but he was doing some weird stuff. Last night showed what we are capable of, and that's why – we're so disappointed when his team underperforms. Consistency is next. Yes. Yes. This is why, like, last year, 49ers injury riddled team. You lost your quarterback. You lost Nick Bosa. You lost George Kittle. You lost everybody, right? And you don't, you don't hear me being, like, critical of this team. Like, okay, they lost everybody. The expectations were low. This year, I feel like they are healthy enough. They should be playing better. With, with the guys that they had against Arizona, there's no way you go out there and get your ass kicked. What we saw the 49ers do Monday night against the Rams, I mean, that's what that's what they are. Like, be that because you're capable of doing that. You're capable of doing that. The 49ers are capable of being that team. Now, if they don't play like that, who does that fall on? To me, that falls on Kyle Shanahan because we know what they're capable of doing. Last night was awesome. They they were the they bullied the Rams. The lamb the Rams look at Lambs, Lambs, Rams, they look soft. They look soft. And Kyle Shanahan pulled their card a little bit and just ran it down their throat and ran it and ran it and ran it 44 times. 44 times. Just get out of here. Get out of here. George Kittle, pancaking people. Let's go. I loved it. I loved it. Obviously, Debo Samuel cont continues his dominance as a receiver. He was awesome. Uh, again, I want to get to Jimmy Garoppolo's play. What does it mean for Trey Lance? I'm going to wait on that because uh, I have my guy Greg Pinelli coming on in 20 minutes. But before he comes on, obviously, I'm going to give you guys a chance to come on. Speak your minds. What are you guys excited about after the, the game last night? Uh, what's encouraging? Where do you guys feel the 49ers at? Got Jacksonville coming up next. Believe after that, you got the Minnesota Vikings. Just, it, you know, just start stringing them together. String them, string them together, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Got my guy Dion coming on first. Here we go. What's, What's good? What's good, Crocky? Yo, yo, yo. Hold up, man. Let me throw this in real quick. I know you, we ain't got much time, but I can't barely hear you. Yeah. There we go. How, cool. Yeah. So how, how, how are you feeling about, you know, the team after the game last night? Can you hear me? There we go. Now I can hear you. Yeah, I can right. hear you now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how are you feeling about the team after the game last night? Hey man, I feel great. I feel really good, man. It was a quality win. We went out there, you know, Kyle, you know, went and punched uh, you know, Sean in the mouth again and made sure he know he's still a little brother. You know, no matter how much you try to run my system, it's still my system. Um it was a great game overall defensively, man. Jesus, Jimmy Ward with two picks. I was so happy for him, man. Doug First interception since 2016. 
Yes, sir. So you, you got to get that man his props. Um, everybody played well, man. And to be honest with you, we ran the ball. That's what we do. We run the ball, set up the pass. Kyle got back to back in his bag and did what he was supposed to do. And I tell you this, even though you got Greg Pinelli coming on, this is what I'm gonna tell you. Jimmy did what Jimmy did. He's that was those are some pedestrian numbers. Those are some pedestrian numbers. But, I was okay. not watching. No, I'll, I'll give you that, Kate. Okay, I, go ahead, I did go ahead. say that. I was not. I'll address that real quick. I was not watching until Jimmy started, man. But I'm going to tell you, it's real hard as a faithful not to turn on the game, especially when it's Monday night. I watch all the Monday night games. So, yes, I broke that. I will eat crow. I'll admit it. I watched it, and I was damn sure happy about it. I watched it with a few other faithful. But, yeah, man, Jimmy, Jimmy played well. But it was limited throws, short passes, and he did what he was supposed to do. I'm not saying he was horrible, but he did what Jimmy does, and that's okay. Kyle continues to mask things for him. I'm not giving. I'm not going to give Jimmy a, a, a huge shout out and props because he didn't do anything spectacular. The man had basic pedestrian numbers, you know, but he just he didn't make any mistakes. And he didn't throw any interceptions. He did have a couple of high throws, but that's to be expected. Yeah. And again, I'm going to save my takes for yeah, when, yeah. when Greg comes on. But I'd say running the ball was fantastic, though. Just in general, if Jimmy had played more like that, even just to start the season, I think we'd be more encouraged with him starting throughout the year. And I think yeah. that, you know, but I'm not going to get into it. I got more to kind of, you know, yes, take on that. But uh, yeah, I, you know, wa watching that game. Does it give you more confidence that moving forward the 49ers will you know kind of continue this, right? You got the you got Jacksonville coming up on the road. You know, mm -hmm. confident that the 49ers will roll into Jacksonville and be able to punch them in the mouth, same way they did with uh to the LA Rams. Yes, I am confident that we can do that. The well, the only thing I'm worried about Jacksonville is their defense. They took they held the Bills to six points. Yeah. So their defense is sneaky. You got to be real careful with that defense. They offense, I'm not worried about. I'm just going to keep it a buck. But And then I think after that, we got Minnesota, right? I believe yep. so. I believe it's Minnesota. So after the, uh, you know, when we after that, I just hope Kyle don't fall back in love with Kirk and give us a crap, you know, uh, a crap game because he's too busy. He don't want to beat his – he don't want to beat his boyfriend. You know, I, I, I'll always stay with that. He loves him some Kirk Cousins. He do. That's just like me. I love me some Selma Hayek, but that don't mean it if I Girl, got to go too. out there and beat her. Love, I love oh, so me some Selma Hayek. Yeah. Hey, I do. I do. Hey, and crack, bruh, black don't crack, boy. Your mama don't look old enough to be your mama. I'm just oh, yeah, keeping she, it a buck. She to be 60. She look young. I was like, wait, crack up. Oh, and somebody hit me in the comments and said, black don't crack. I said, I know. I man. know, man. Hey, but yeah. Hey, appreciate you having me on. I'll let somebody else get on. With quality win, guys, versus a good team. So nobody can take this away from us. Oh, well, you beat this person. You beat that. No, we beat a quality team. The Rams were rolling. They they were a good squad offensively and defensively. And if you notice, there was no Aaron Donald at the post-game press conference last night. Why? Debo went and snatched that chain again. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Have a good one, Crockett. Peace, baby. All right. You have a good one, man. That's what's up. All right, here we go. Next person up, we got my guy Darius. Darius, good to have you on again, bro. 
Hey, how you doing, man? Top of the morning. Oh, much better. I think everybody right now, I'm looking at the comments. Uh, you know, everybody's in much better spirits right now as opposed to where we right. were, you know, shoot, just yesterday. Boy, How listen, you feeling about the game? Listen, I loved it. I, I, I can't take nothing from them. They played flawless, bro. Fall, flawless victory, right? Yeah. However, I'm not satisfied, man. I'm definitely not satisfied. Please do this again. Jack Consistency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Do it to Jacksonville. And we know you can run the ball on the Vikings. You did it in the in um in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? You can run the ball 40 times on them. But let's see you guys take this and build off it. I would love to see that. If I have to critique it at all, I would say maybe Trey Lance should have got in on the garbage time, give him some playing time, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Get him some experience. But other than that. It was dope, man. The running, the running was. I don't know what. What did Trey Sermon do? I feel like Debo stole there. his touches. I feel like right. Debo stole him. <laughs> I'm yeah. that, like, like it's things like that. Even in the win, I still see things where it's like Kyle, like, dude, like he can't play still. They still can't play. Like we're up thirty-one to seven, and they can't touch the skin. They got their family in the stands. They can't. Nothing, huh? All right. But other than that, everybody did their stuff, bro. I can't be mad at them. Like, that, that for, for once, the wide nine worked. I'm surprised about that. The wide nine worked. Uh, what else? Everybody was on their assignments. Al Shazir. Yeah. That dude's a baller, man. You see when he smashed I, I Henderson and, and smashed his say, face mask? Thank you. Yeah, but yeah. Say it again. All right, there's no. I was. I was say, I said. Did you? Uh, did you see when uh, uh, Al Shire, uh He he smashed Henderson and uh, bent his face mask up. Come on, man. What? And the dude he got up looking for a flag or something. Nah, ain't no ain't nobody come to help you. To, nah, take that. Take that hill. Right. Thank you though, man. Y'all have a good day, man. Niner Niner faithful. Continue to stay faithful. And like I say, man, voice y'all opinion, man. They, they listening to us. Trust me. They got Instagram, Twitter, and all that. They know They know how we feel. When you see them in Safeway, get at them, man. Tell them. But all right, man. Y'all have a good day. All right. Next day, I got my guy. My guy, Tart. What's good, man? How you doing? Good. What's good, man? All right. You up, you up there at work right now? Yeah, man. I'm always at work, dog. Now, now for us, cause cause you live kind of near me. Yeah. Game is on kind of late. You know, you still yeah. able to kind of get up and be fresh and everything. I'm good. Drink a Red Bull. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. How you feeling about the game? Man, it was tough, man. I, I, that's what like I was reading the comments, man. Just seeing how physical we were. Yeah. You know that 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 brings back them 2019 vibes, man. How yeah. physical, man. Shannon called a great game, man. He won that game just by play calling. And, it, of course, the defense did what they did, but their play calling was, man, I don't know what to call it, man. It was great, man. Yeah, he 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 definitely uh, imposed his will on the yeah. Rams' defense just running down their throat. I mean, I, I was watching it, and at one point I was a little concerned. I'd say early on I was concerned with how they were running Mitchell because Mitchell already has bad ribs right now. Yeah. And 
I mean, they just were almost running him into a brick wall and, yeah. and just over and over. And I kept thinking, like, okay, off of that, they're going to do, like, a big play action or do some things. And they just didn't. They just toss, 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 the game. toss did counter. You, did you watch it with the uh, Peyton Manning or was you watching it on regular? Uh, I was watching both most of the time. So, uh -huh. typically, when the 49ers were on defense, I would, mm -hmm. I, would, I would watch the live view on ESPN. And then when the 49ers were on offense, I wanted to hear what they were saying about what exactly. the 49ers were doing. So I would I would watch Manning and those guys. And, you know, they were talking about the different things that, you know, with the motions and the different cracks and the different run designs and everything like that. So it was it was pretty insightful. Once they started having guests on, I wasn't yeah. tuning in as much because, you know, they start talking about these different stories and things like all, that. But anytime that. it was just those two guys, when it was just Eli and Peyton Manning and the 49ers were on offense, I was tuned in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I was taking like like you said, they was calling for how we was running the ball. They was calling for a big shot. I was waiting on it, but I guess you know whatever. <laughs> I right, take it, it ain't come. Yeah. I think I saw I saw the the little passing chart. I think Jimmy had like one throw that yeah. traveled further than ten yards down the field. So the <laughs> air yards weren't well, quite there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it high efficiency. I was expect like you. I was expecting the the big shot at some point, but it, it it never came. How did you feel about what about Josh Norman in that in the red zone, man? Uh, it it might be time. You know, I gave him I gave him some time. You know, to kind of really kind of get it together. But I I noticed he's not challenging himself. Okay, so when I say he's not challenging himself, right? In 2015, now this you know six years ago, but Josh Norman. I thought he played outstanding. That that was one of the that was if if you're looking for someone that does press bill because they play like a lot of quarters, a lot of too high. Yeah. And he was one. He was that was probably the best press bill season I'd ever seen from a technical standpoint. How he was challenging himself. How he was reading down route concepts mm -hmm. from a press bill. And I watched him last night, and it's like, dang, he's he's not quite challenging himself that same way. Obviously, he's much older now. Yeah. Uh, also. I mean, the t the mistimed jump in the end zone, which I, I always look at things like, yeah, like, you know, that, that doesn't hurt us right now. Okay, you're up. You're blowing this team out. You're going to win. Even if the receiver catches that ball for a touchdown, like, you know, you're still going to win. But I just look at that as, like, there's more to come with things like that that mm -hmm. are just kind of weird. And a lot of it looks to be from a limited uh, athletic standpoint. And I think, you know, from, from that, when you look at it like that, I think uh, his time is kind of it's kind of up. So I, yeah. I, when I look at him, I look at why you know he's playing over a guy like Lenore, who I think they're yeah. transitioning into nickel. Mm -hmm. But if Josh Norman's going to do things like that, which really there's no there's no resistance, mm -hmm. right? I might as well play with one of the younger guys. Okay, yeah, I, I think we just in a kind of a bind. We we kind of gotta play him because I mean his position where he was at the position kind of affected the receiver. The receiver thought he had it. The receiver thought it was a pick. That's why he kind of he kind of whiffed on the catch. I still thought he could have caught the ball. Yeah. But probably we play a younger guy. He's probably not in the position that Norman was in, maybe. But, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of – that was my only, like, whoa. <laughs> that was bad. That was yeah. bad. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, man. All right, though. I appreciate you coming on, yeah. Mr. Tart. Yes, sir. All right, here we go again. My guy Roscoe's on. Chris, what up, man? What's up, Croc? What's on How's your mind? You you only you only call in when something's really on your mind. 
you right. And I'm calling in because I want to shout out Tell No who fuck him. One pass deflection. He had a yep. QB hit because you know on that uh on that fake field goal he put a lot of pressure on that uh on the punter and so the punter had to hurry up and get it off and then he had that big hit slash pass deflection slash he almost picked that off so he played a very solid game and you know all the haters he had another pass breakup downfield on oh uh, yeah when he was was covering yeah yeah when he was covering Emmanuel Mosley they they didn't count that one which is weird but (laughs) it is what it is you know I said like shout out to Teleno Hufunga all the haters be patient let rookies grow I think that's my new slogan for the year let rookies grow and Jimmy Jimmy Agrappolo has put in put in his third straight solid performance. Nothing great, great, excellent. No, back to back to back solid performances. I I do want to see Trey Lance, but sometimes you know people be hate overly hating on Jimmy G. So I just want to put it out there: three straight solid performances. But tell them no, Funga baby, USC. I'm out of here. All right. <laughs> My guy right here called Hufunga the tongue and missing. The tongue and missing. I like that. <laughs> I like that. In just a few short minutes, we'll have my guy Greg Pinelli on. He's coming on. Uh-oh. Hold on. I got to put the link in here. And this will be the last caller because I'm sure Greg Greg will be on in just a few minutes. So, Pinor? I don't even know how to say this. Is it Pinor? But I got I to gotta see what he has to say about last night because he was one he hoped the 49ers got their ass beat last night. And I understand why he did. And I also want to talk about what it means moving forward. But I was going to wait on that take with uh, to get on with my guy, Greg Pinelli, quarterback guru. Uh, Greg, he trains quarterbacks all throughout California. College guys, NFL guys, has worked a ton with Josh Allen. He gives us great insight on Josh Allen and his development as a passer. But uh, – yeah. See the flame still coming in. Everybody feeling good. Let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go. This is what y'all want to hear. Let's go. Let us hear it. Let us hear it. Oh, uh, can you hear me? How do how do I say your 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 uh username? Just Pinor. Pinor. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yo, okay. So first of all, Roscoe is correct. Hufanga had a good game yesterday. And I have to give him credit there because credit is due. And anytime that someone does good, I can't lie about it. Jimmy did good yesterday, you know, yeah. straight up, you know. So, so what did you I like about his game? Who in particular, Vanga or uh, Jimmy? Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. Uh, to me, yesterday he wasn't making too much mental errors. You know, he he was just playing it safe. He was playing Jimmy ball, but it was straight up. Um, I don't even know how I explain it. it. It's just the mental errors. He just eliminated as much me- mental errors as possible to me. And as far as like taking shots downfield, I mean, he didn't necessarily need to because Debo was just on fire in that game. So he just, for the most part, he just delivered the ball the way that OG Jimmy was supposed to, you know, 15 yards to the line. In my opinion, he did that to the best degree of, of what he can, you know, today. So um, I felt like that was happening, and um, I was surprised that when the pocket was a little, it was getting a little chaotic because more was was um, obviously he got hurt. 
So I was just surprised that Jimmy did have the game that he did. But more importantly, I'm just surprised on the run game. You know, it like I, I heard this yesterday in the spaces that the Rams looked like yesterday. It looked like how we looked last week to the Cardinals when we had two two turnovers early on in the game and they had to try to pass rather than run a lot. And it just didn't look like it worked. And I think that um, OBJ being on the field, just it wasn't the same chemistry as it, as it would be with Woods. And it just you could just tell that it was just the, the, the Rams are playing too scared. They're playing too scared, in my opinion. Uh, not that their calling was too scared. It's just it, it, it eventually got to a point where they weren't playing uh, bully ball either. So right. uh, I, I really like the way the team executed yesterday. And, yeah, I was a – and, by the way, delete yesterday's uh, show, please. No, no, no. You guys are good. Hey, no, hey I'm, I'm going to let everybody in the comments know. Yeah, go ahead. I, I hear you, right? And, and yeah. I know you're, you're joking when you say that, but there yeah, is exactly. something about what, what you said. And I think that was some of the issues that people like Steve Young had early on, right? Like when you decide to go with – the veteran Jimmy Garoppolo over a rookie, you know, at what point do you get him in the game or, you know, or do you just say, you know what, Trey Lance, you're going to really sit all year and you have the number three overall pick and his clock doesn't start until next year. But what you were doing was basically saying like, you know, we kind of know what Jimmy Garoppolo is, what he isn't. Again, I don't want to get too deep into, I got my guy Greg Penelope coming on, but you're just like, just rip the bandaid off. And you knew that, you know, for them to rip the bandaid off, it was going to take a loss and kind of a loss and it'd be kind of Jimmy's fault. And that didn't, it didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So with, if, if Trey Lance is, let's just say if Trey Lance isn't going to play at all the, for the rest of the season and we're this, this playoff team, right. I think the most important thing that, that Kyle can do is develop that winning culture is he, right. he needs to develop something that could go on to next year when Lance is the starter. So right. th- that that is something that all right, fine. If Trey Lance ain't gonna play, fine. I'm gonna survive because I know that Trey Lance is a hard worker, and I know eventually when he does get his his shine, he will he will work hard for it, and he will work to be, in my opinion, an elite quarterback one of these days. So I can live another day if if he if he ain't gonna play um, another snap from here on out for the season. But uh, right. one thing I do want to tell everybody in the comments, you know. I know that I could come off negative. And I come off pessimistic. I get that. And the thing is, don't ever expect me to bullshit with you guys. If something is the fact, I will say it. Yesterday, Jimmy played good. Talhufanga played good. Uh, defense was flying all over the place. We played. We played how we were supposed to play yesterday. And I'll never lie about anything like that. I can't be biased about the whole thing. It feels. It feels good, and it feels weird because I want Trey Lance to develop, but at the same time. I can never get mad again. How I said yesterday, I can't get mad if we win because at the end of the day, I am a Niner fan. So right. it's a little weird how everything played out because that is so unpredictable and common sense just doesn't work with NFL, apparently. It just doesn't. Like, bro, like, <laughs> I did not expect that to happen. But right. yeah, anyways, thank you, Croc, for um, for the show. And, uh, you know, can't wait to listen up what's going to what uh, Penale is going to say right now. You know. All good. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for owning yeah, that. Sure. Thanks for owning everything from yesterday. Oh, yeah. Appreciate always. That. All right. <laughs> I like when it comes on. All right, here we go. Got some super chats. My guy, Eddie. Cal set them up for success. Stuck to the run. Gave Jimmy third and shorts versus third and long. 
and it kept the defense off of the field. I think more than anything, he did a really good job of putting the 49ers in position for the most part to where they couldn't shoot themselves in the foot. And there was something, I'm going to bring it up when we get Greg Pinelli on, but uh, right before halftime, he, he did not call a timeout. And I thought a certain way about that, but then something he did later in the game contradicted my thoughts. So we're going to talk about that much more, more when we get my guy on. But yeah, the third and short situations definitely helped. There, there were times where, uh, so with Rex Ryan, I used to learn, we learned this thing where it was like, uh, get back on track down. So if you see a team come out on first down, they throw a pass and it's incomplete. Second down now is a get back on track down. So a lot of times they're going to run it, try to get some yards, set up a third and short situation. And I thought the 49ers did a really good job of doing well in the get back on track down. Uh, the 49ers were really good on third downs, which heading into the season, or excuse me, heading into that game, one of the worst in the league. So it was good to see them uh, be able to execute and, you know, stay on the field, string together really long drives. Last night, uh, talking to my guy, Brian Peacock, locked on 49ers. Make sure you guys go listen to that. But said that first drive was 18 plays. What? And it ate up a lot of the quarter. A lot. 49ers had pretty much twice as much uh, time of possession as the Rams. So do things like that. You're going to definitely put yourself in position to win. And, uh, yeah, Kyle definitely set the team up six, for success with being able to ground and pound, run the ball. Here we go. One game at a time. The seven and six seeds are up for grabs. Let's go. You're right, man. And, the, you know, yesterday we came on here and we talked about it. This is a th – that was the game that you had to – you got to you gotta win this. You win that. All right, now – Go go string these wins together one game at a time. You got Jacksonville coming up next. And, you know, Jacksonville, it's on the road. They've been playing better. Not going to lie. Jacksonville has been playing better. They just beat Buffalo a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were in the game that I just watched. I was watching some of the game, obviously, on uh, watching NFL Red Zone. So, you know, they show everything that's kind of going on. Watching the game, and I was like, man. Jacksonville's they're they're hanging around in these games. They're I don't think they are gonna be just pushed over like we initially thought, especially heading to this game, because early on they were terrible. Now, their quarterback, he's still running for his life. Every play, damn near Trevor Lawrence is running for his life. So the 49ers are gonna have to find more of a pass rush. I think we talk about all the positives from this game, and, and I'm an optimistic person. I love a lot of what I saw, but there are areas where the 49ers still need to, you know, become a little bit more consistent. And I think the pass rush is a big part of that. All right. Appreciate the, the contribution. Here we go. Another contribution from my guy, Chris, at Jackson Ranch, Ryan Solibee. Okay. Hold on. And I got Greg Pinelli in here. Greg, Greg going to have to wait for a second. So let, let's talk about it real quick. So Rex Ryan, if he's one of those guys, he's kind of like a Pat Beverly, right? Where when he's on your team, you probably love him and you love his antics. When when he when you're a fan, you you like it and, and you probably think it's funny. When you play against him, you hate Pat Beverly, right? Like it's like, man, as a Laker fan, when he was playing for the Clippers, like, yeah, I can't stand Pat Beverly. Rex Ryan is kind of that guy for a lot of fan bases, right? Where he's gonna talk. But one thing I noticed being with the Jets, he's he talks a lot. Because he strongly feels like not just he'll back it up, but when he talks and he says things to the media about his team, he feels like his team will back him up. When the 49ers, this was 2000, 
15, after they fired Harbaugh, I was like, please get Rex Ryan. Please get Rex Ryan. Please get Rex Ryan. The reason why I wanted them to get Rex Ryan was because I know Rex Ryan ain't scared of nobody. He's not scared of anything. He's one of the most confident human beings you'll ever meet. But not only is he extremely confident, he Rex Ryan is an amazing X's and O's coach. On top of being an amazing coach, because some people, they, 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 they have all this knowledge, so he's a great X's and O's coach, but he's also an amazing teacher. His tactics that he uses to teach you, like, it's great. Some of the things he, he you know, I still remember some of the plays and how to run them. Just because, I mean, it's been eight years, but it's been because of how, it's because of how he taught us. And then he's an amazing players coach, and he's an amazing master motivator. You typically don't have all of that in one coach. I think his downfall was John Isaac, the GM, just didn't really get him help offensively. They had no help offensively. If you go look at that offense, it was just all defense. Okay, we got to run with like Sean Green or whatever. Um, that year that I was there, 2013, the Jets won eight games, and I can't tell you how. The only thing I could t- like, the only thing I could think of as to how they potentially won eight games that year was because, he, you know, just Rex Ryan. Like that's it. The, the, you had Geno Smith. You had Matt Sims starting some games. Matt Sims, not Chris Sims. Talking about Chris Sims' little brother, Matt Sims, that who y'all probably never heard of. He had to start some games, and somehow, eight he eight games they won. All right, so let's get to some of his comments real quick about Robert Sala before we get Greg Pinelli on. Robert Sala, Greg, I, I don't know if 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 Rex Ryan was asked. I I, I would I need to go back and listen to the actual podcast, but there was a clip, and he ripped in. He ripped into Robert Saul a little bit, and he basically said, like, this guy's a loser. <laughs> like, he's like, he he lost most more times than not with San Francisco. He only had a top defense one year. Don't compare this guy to me. He was like, I hear people saying that, you know, they're comparing this guy to me. Like, he hasn't accomplished anything. Like, what 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 has he done to be compared to me who have had great defenses for stretches, he said, you know, people might say, well, he's, you know, he's not, he's playing without a safety or whatever. Rex said, listen, one year I lost five cornerbacks and still had a top five defense in the league. It's like, you know, the only thing this guy's familiar with is losing. He was losing in San Francisco. He's losing with the Jets. He's going to finish last again. There's going to be four out of five years he's been a coach where he's finishing last in the division. Don't compare this solid guy to me. <laughs> and I was like... If you know Rex Ryan, it like that was how you know Rex Ryan made it personal because it's like y'all comparing this dude to me. Like, don't compare this guy to me. He's not, you know, and Rex Ryan, I know we look at him as a head coach. He also it was a super bowl winning defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he he won a super bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. Or he was coaching on the staff, they won a Super Bowl. Uh Rex Ryan, I know with the Jets took Mark Sanchez to back-to-back AFC championship games, beat uh, Tom Brady on the way to get there. Uh, if it weren't for his that terrible Jets team, you know, he would have more of a winning record. But he's somebody, I, I loved him. You got to kind of be around him to see how Rex is. But uh, he, he's a great, he was a great coach, in my opinion. In my opinion. I loved, I loved being around Rex Ryan. Uh, the Probably my favorite coach that I've ever been around. Now, I won a championship here with the San Jose Sabercats. I show that ring sometimes. Hold on. You already know. I got the ring. Bling, bling. All right. Diamonds. Ew, them diamonds dancing. Them diamonds dancing. But anyways, 
I won a championship. And that coach, Coach uh, Coach Arbet, he was awesome too. He was different than uh, than Coach uh, Rex Ryan, but uh, Rex Ryan, for sure, my favorite coach. But uh, he ain't lying. He ain't lying. He said that the Jets' defense is playing uninspired football. And one thing, if you watch any of Rex Ryan's defenses, they were always inspired. All right, so uh, yeah, you guys got it. I I'm gonna go listen to that full audio. I'm gonna go listen to that full audio. Look at that said some same thing with a smile. Rex seemed angry. I think Rex seemed angry because of maybe how people talk about him, right? Like I think people poke at Rex Ryan as if he's like this idiot, almost like Bill O'Brien, right? Bill O'Brien. I've talked about that. Bill O'Brien. Everybody talks about Bill O'Brien like he's this idiot. Dude have five winning seasons in seven years. He did some weird stuff as a general manager. But Bill O'Brien, I put out this poll: who's a better head coach, Bill O'Brien, Kyle Shanahan, or 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 uh, Matt Nagy? And it was like Kyle Shanahan by far. And I'm pretty sure Bill O'Brien will look at that like Kyle Shanahan. I mean, yeah, he can't hold a candle to the things I've done as a head coach. You know what I'm saying? People take those things personal. Like, dude, I have five winning seasons in seven years. I went to multiple playoffs. I went to a playoff game with Brian Hoyer and whoever else I had at quarterback. Don't compare me to Kyle Shanahan. I bet you Bill O'Brien would say that. So when you are Rex Ryan and you've had a lot of, you know, a lot of success as a coordinator, as a coach, a lot of top defenses, and you have this guy being compared to you. And like he said, yeah, they're saying he's a lot like me, but the better version of me or without all the bad stuff. And he's like, yeah, sometimes you need that bad stuff because look at what he's doing right now. The team is playing uninspired, terrible defense, looks bad, yada, yada, yada. So Rex, man, uh, I, I always got the most respect for Rex. I think he's the kind of person that you just got to be around to kind of understand a little bit more. Rex gave this speech before training camp started, right? And he was just talking about, like, just going in and, like, just fighting. Like, just fighting. Like, I I'll take on anybody. Like, I'll take on everybody. And it was something like, I'm hard. I get hyped up just on myself because I love, you know, I just love football. I love being out there. Like, I'm turned. Greg's about to come on. He'll tell you. I'm just a turned up dude. And we'll talk about all the penalties I used to get. I'm turned up to the max. But I'm right. I just kind of turn myself up. And without, you know, I don't need that motivation from outside. But Rex Ryan gave this speech before training camp that, like, I had a tear in my eye. Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to war. Like, I'm like, okay, Rex, you want me to run through this brick wall? Like, I, I'm, I'm not no big hitter, but I'm gonna run through this wall. Like, that's the kind of confidence that Rex instills in people. So, um, everybody, you know, they're gonna have their different takes on Rex. But I'm telling you, man, that was one of the best coaches I've ever been around, ever. All right, but enough of Rex Ryan. We're going to get to QB Monday slash Tuesday with my guy, Greg Pinelli. All right. So uh, I've been holding in my takes on the quarterback situation uh, after last night's game. We're going to get to all that and more. So let's go to break. Stay, keep it locked right here. Hey, and while we go to this break, go ahead and hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button as well. Hold tight.
Oh yeah, we are back. And we don't we don't we don't got Greg for the entirety of this time. He has to be gone. What are, are you busy or something? What is this? I gotta make sure I'm off by 740. What? I got the no, kids. No, man, I, I need you for the entire time. No, I'm joking. I got the kids. Oh. I got it. I got I'm at I'm at the facility right now. I got the this janky setup going on. I just put the computer in here, like revamping this to make part of this my office. So I got plugs right here. This is terrible. This is where the computer's plugged in, running it up to the wall because this highlight over here is jacked up. The cord's hanging down from the TV here. It's it's janky right now, but I got to get back home because <laughs> my, wife, my wife does hair, so she's uh she's going to work and then she'll be on. Nah, man, way. forget those kids. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, if you guys are new to the show, we got Greg Pinelli in here, uh, quarterback trainer, uh, Pinelli Passing Academy out there. He's located in the Central Valley, but he travels all over. If you guys want quarterback training, has worked with guys. You guys see the picture of Josh Allen down there. Where he's wearing Josh Allen's jersey. That's one of his uh, guys that he works with. But uh, let's talk about this performance. Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe he was what fifteen and nineteen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Croc. You didn't let me get my word in about Rex Ryan and Robert Sala. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I want to hear it. I know that I know. I'm going to speak for some of the Niners peeps here. Because you had the experience with Rex Ryan, but your your experience is going to be different than others because you got to deal with them on a personal level. But from a Niners fan perspective, and people that like Sala, Rex Ryan needs to chill. He <laughs> he needs to chill his ass out. Okay, Robert Sala is a pretty damn good defensive coach. We know that. The energy that he brought. So to say that his guys don't have energy, the Jets have been trashed for, I don't even know, for since Mark Sanchez left, basically, since you were there at some point or another, and since you left, they've been trashed. There's no energy in the freaking stadium with the Jets. Whether the Jets fans, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 crap, no. No. It's been trashed. <laughs> so it's going to be hard to have some energy. The one thing I'll say about Sala, watching him coach for the 49ers, every time the camera would scan to him on the sideline, that dude had endless energy. It was like if you looked at Sala when the Niners were – when he was coaching the Niners and he's pumped up on the sidelines, it's like you knew. Like you were confident whether the offense got it done or not that he was going to make sure the defense had it that was going to end up winning some games for us. That's I always felt that when I saw Robert Sala jacked up on the sidelines, fist pumping, running, chest pumping. Like, he was nuts on the sidelines, and I think that's how it should be. Now he has to contain himself a little bit more because he's a head coach, but he's a head coach on a team that is just – I mean, we talked about the Niners having no identity. The Jets have no identity whatsoever. He stepped foot – I don't care if it was Bill Belichick going to the Jets this year. They'd still be trash. Just the fact of the matter. Did did you hear the did you hear the comments? Yeah, I saw some of the stuff. As far as like you know him being, I I didn't see the whole interview. I saw nah, a lot but, of the Cliff Notes version of it. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I get this to play to where you guys can hear it. All right, hold on. Hold on. Are you are you able to hear this? Above average safety. 
I remember playing without five corners. It never that? looked like this. Yeah. I think we were fifth. This, this is a horrendous defense. You know, now they're going to use, well, we never had our safety. So what? Everybody has a million injuries, let alone an above-average safety you're missing. I remember playing without five corners. It never looked like this. I think we were fifth in the league that year in defense. This guy's supposed to be a defensive guru. I heard everything, and I think it personal on this one. Everything I heard about was, well, this guy's a lot like a lot like myself, but without the, the bad part. Yeah, well, some of the bad part you need. They, this team doesn't play with any any damn heart. It, it, I mean, that that's the thing that's disappointing to me. And don't ever compare this guy to me, this Robert Sala to me. Because statistically, one time they were like a top defense. All right? four. Out, here's one thing they're going to be familiar with. Four out of five years, the 49ers were dead last in their division. So he's going to be dead last again. So he's used to that. So to me... I'm a little pissed off about it when when I hear that this guy, you know, his background's a lot, lot like yours. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Ooh. He sounds he sounds like he's a little salty that he's not coaching the NFL anymore. Because think that's what it is? Could take his big ass back to New York, and ain't <laughs> no way he's doing anything better than Robert Sala right now. I promise you that. I promise you. And when he did win the Super Bowl, he won the Super Bowl as a D line coach on the Ravens. I could have won the damn Super Bowl as a D-line coach on the Ravens that year. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. They were well, both I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, Rex Ryan needs to chill his ass out because he lost three AFC championships in a row. So Two. Um, two, whatever, whatever it may be. I'm not trying to. <laughs> All right, so Rex Ryan definitely has Greg fired up. I like it. <clears throat> Does Jimmy Garoppolo have you fired up? 15 out of 19. I think it was like 180-something yards. Threw a couple touchdowns. Terrific one to George Kittle. Amazing one to Debo Samuel. Thought he managed the game extremely well. What were kind of some of your thoughts on watching Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday Night's football game against the Rams? Yeah, it was that vibe yesterday. That was a team that looked like they had an identity. Like, we've been waiting for it all year. Show us an identity. Give us something. How is this offense going to be called? How are we going to play? They come out yesterday, run the ball 44 times for 156 yards and threw it 19 times. And Jimmy was 15, 19 for 179, two touchdowns, zero picks. His passer rating was, I think, 141 to Stafford 67. Mm. Okay. But the time of possession. 39 minutes time of possession for the Niners, 20 minutes for the Rams. You doubled them on time of possession. Yeah. So that you come out on that first drive, it was it 18 plays with a touchdown, right? Like that. And it's not like the run game was sexy to the point where there was long uh, runs that were broken off, but they sustained, right? They were able to milk the clock. They were able to take these – two, three, four-yard pops, whatever it may be. And then Jimmy was working the middle with a pass game. Um, he got he got sacked one time with that D-line, one time yesterday. Um, and, and those DBs, as you know, too. I mean, when you're playing against superior DBs, Ramseys, guys like that, um, with rushers on the D-line, like it's it becomes a little bit tough, especially when you've got tight coverage to hang in there and try and get through your progressions. And I think that Jimmy did what he was supposed to do. Jimmy did what we think that's, that's the Jimmy Garoppolo that I remember 2019. 
That's the yeah. offense that I remember in 2019. That was the play calling that I remember from 2019. That's what it looked like yesterday. Um, so watching watching Jimmy yesterday, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna I don't want to jump too far, um, but I think I think he did great. You know, that that was his job. That's what Jimmy's there for. Take care of the ball, eliminate any turnovers, move the uh, move the ball down the field, control the clock. He seems to do that a lot of times in big games for the most part. You know, I would think over his career in big games, most of the time Jimmy shows up. And, what, and what, that's the difference. What, what do you think about just kind of the, the string of games that he's put together, right? Because, you know, you talk about the Bears game, the Cardinals game, and now this game where that's pretty much three games in a row where he has played in a at a level to where like that would likely lead to wins, even though it didn't against Arizona. Right. And I think a, a big part of that was because of the two fumbles. But I, I think you would assume if Jimmy continues to play like that, the 49ers should be a, a, a playoff team because right now I think they're like a half game out of that last wild card spot. You got the Jaguars, uh, Vikings coming up. You got some other teams that I, I think – they only play like one team with a winning record like for the rest of the season. Like it's very favorable. Right. So are you with the with the play that you saw yesterday from Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think that play will lead them to the playoffs? Absolutely. I think that what the team how the team played yesterday would be a a uh would be a how they played yesterday would be a team that looked like a playoff team. And I think everybody would agree that they looked like right. a playoff because the defense was cranking on all cylinders last night. Um, and, and yeah, it, there's there's going to be some favorable favorable things. Like Stafford, you know, he made some throws. You're like, okay, like that's Stafford arm talent right there. That's like – that's the things that he'll do. And, you know, the, the first one he throws it downfield to, OBJ, stupid throw, trying to force it, trying to get the superstar receiver that showed up four days ago or three days ago the ball. And and then the other one was tipped for the touchdown. That's just crappy luck, um, obviously, as far as it going into the DB's hands. But um, overall, like the, the Niners D showed up yesterday. That, that vibe was different. Everything was was just completely different than what it was eight, seven, eight days ago. Like it looked completely opposite. And that's the problem. That's the thing that makes you nervous as far as we can talk about playoff team or wild card team, whatever it may be. It's like what Niners defense is going to show up this week or what Niners offense is going to show up. But it seems like since that Bears game, the offense has been a lot more consistent from looking how it used to look and looking how it should look or what we would expect out of Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. Like last night, seeing Debo in the backfield with Wilson in front of him. <laughs> like that, like doing those split inside zones and those different reads that they've done, Like I like the fact that he mixed it up because when he did that a few years ago with Brita and Moster and Wilson was obviously there too. Like, it, plus you got check in there. The, the things that they did with the run game were so – different than everybody else and that's why they had success and last night 
he went back to that, giving those different looks with the run game, different blocks. You know, I, I just it's fun to watch. Like you watch him do that stuff, and it's not your typical run game type of looks that you get out of everybody else. Outside zone, inside zone. He was doing it with different dudes, and it's fun to watch. Also, how do you prepare for that from a personnel standpoint? You know how, how this goes, right? When the defense sees the personnel that you put on the field, they react accordingly to make sure that they have the personnel to match that, right? So the 49ers, they come out with run, one running back with Wilson out there. So we're talking about probably 11 personnel, right? You got one tight end, one back, and maybe three receivers out there. But you're, you're going to come out in more of your base defense, typically, right? So if you come out in your base defense, but then the 49ers going to put Debo Samuel in the backfield and use him as a running back, that throws off everything defensively. That's right. how you play that. Because now you have an extra defensive back on the field instead of an extra linebacker, and you're more vulnerable in the run game. And it can mess up, you know, just like, you know, your blocking, the angles, and things like that. I think being able to utilize Debo Samuel in that way is a huge advantage for the 49ers. Because what do you do? Do you say, well, every time – we see Debo out there, we're going to go 11 personnel or, you know, we're going to put our uh, nickel defense in there. Well, then they put them in the backfield. They can run it with them. And now you're outnumbered in the box. Or you say, all right, well, okay, they go 11 personnel. We're going to keep a linebacker in there, but then, okay, well now Debo's out there at receiver. And now you have an extra linebacker out there in coverage. That's a disadvantage to you defensively. So I think, yeah, we see the creativity with using Debo Samuel that way as a, as a running back, but it really throws off a lot of the numbers for the defense. No, I agree. And that's that's the thing with – you watch the Niners pass game, and I, I, I'd i have to break it down. I don't know if it's on game pass or not. But I doubt it is. I'd have to break it down by where the – like as far as passes inside the hashes and completions inside the hashes, yards inside the hashes compared to outside. It's got to be three times the amount inside the hashes than it is outside because – I, I, I tell you right now, as far as what it is right now, um, keep talking and then I'll, I'll bring that yeah. up for you. So, and, and you're right. The reason why I think we had you watch Jimmy across the middle, like a lot of times he's throwing slants, he's throwing dig routes, throwing basic routes. Um, and by basic route, I mean like a, a 10 yard, 15 yard, 12 yard in, whatever it may be from a tight end slot. Um, and then you got the, the double slants that he was doing last night. Like those were all working, but those work off the run game not just because – and not even talking about play action, but it works off the run game because you can't just go into dime package. You can't go into nickel package when you got 11 personnel or you got use check in there. Well, they'll put in their base defense with use check who played tight end in college, can catch the ball in the backfield. So you got to stay in a base defense, but that – Staying in a base defense creates tons of mismatches. As you watched last night, how many times do you see a linebacker trying to play with uh, George Kittle? How many times do you see a linebacker playing across the middle um, when you got Ayuk or Kittle running right behind him or check running with him? So you, when the Niners are able to run the ball, teams have to leave their base defense, and you can't put a nickel in there. They get killed with a nickel coming off the edge or, or trying, to, trying to hold it down um, playing the run game. So that is a huge advantage when everything else is working, not just from a route running perspective, but when you got a good run game and you make a team stay in their base defense with guys like Kittle, guys like Debo, guys like Ayuk that like to work the middle, guys like Juszczyk that can catch the ball in the backfield, you're creating those mismatches with linebackers. 
So I'm looking at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's passing chart. And a matter of fact, I, I can actually bring it up. Hold on, I can share the screen. And you kind of see what he does well. And I think ideally that's how you want to use him. Are you able to see that pretty good? Yep. So uh, here we go. Try to zoom in on it right there. All right, so that's so his. How many, how many you see outside the numbers? Not one. Not not one outside the number, nope. uh, and there's about two, which both in, resulted in touchdowns past the sticks. Maybe you can count. There's one other one that you can maybe say is uh, yep. uh, right. You know, ten yards downfield, but not a whole lot of air yardage going on here. But definitely a high level of efficiency. I think where I worry a little bit is what it, what about if a team takes this away from them? That's what I was gonna say. So. This chart right here, most people will look at this chart and say, it looks good, but there's no downfield threats, okay? Now, my my defense of this or Jimmy Garoppolo would be, why would you need to throw the ball downfield like yesterday? Why would you even – why do you need to do it when you're you're killing the team in the box? You're owning the time of possession. You can move the ball at will for the most part. There's no reason necessarily to push the ball down the field. Now, when it is stopped, right, that's when you've got to be able to push the ball past the sticks and extend the ball down the field. Um, and and that's where, you know, you get to the plus 20s, plus 30 throws. There's not a ton of them, right? But last week he did a great job from a, from a standpoint of getting the ball down the field more to um, – I would say plus 10 routes where it was Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Um, obviously, so he was pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, but we dealt with those fumbles. Um, and I think just overall it wasn't a great game from a defensive standpoint, but he did enough. I think he did plenty on offense to be able to win that game, obviously. Right. Can, can you hear, just, hear the music in the background? I'm at the gym right now. If you can't, I'm going to go turn it down. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. No, nah, I don't. I don't hear anything. Maybe if I do, it's very faint. If you do, because uh, I'm gonna go turn it down. I I, I think with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And this is not a knock on him per se. When you when you look at your quarterback and and you're looking for that, like, okay, what's that 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 next step, right? So so we see this, and I think everybody would say 49ers. I was listening to Manning's. The Mannings talked last night and they're like, like, this is where Jimmy feels comfortable. This is where he wants. My my big question is when when teams start taking that away, what does it start to look like? And I think that's when it starts to get a little weird, right? Mm -hmm. I think as long as he's able to play this game, I think we will see the high level of efficiency like we saw last night. Like if, if he only has to take a, a couple shots, you know, between, you know, 15 to 20 yards. If he can throw one or two passes in that range, he's fine. And the 49ers can definitely win with that. But I feel like if he has to start to do a little bit more and somebody is like, hey, you know what? We're not letting you beat us right here. We're going to make you throw to these other areas. That's where I think people would be like, okay, we need a quarterback that could do a little bit more. And, right. and my, do you, is that, no, is that an offer? That's, that's the hard thing about it is, you know, 2019 season, Jimmy threw for 4,000-plus, doing exactly what you just showed on the screen. Right. 
um, goes to the Super Bowl. Should have won the Super Bowl. Wasn't his fault we lost the Super Bowl, right? So it's like, you know, at some point or another, like in into the third quarter yesterday, Jimmy was 11 for 11. Like, what more could you ask of a quarterback? People are going to see. I know there's going to be – if I go to Twitter right now, I know there's going to be people still saying Trey Lance should play. Trey Lance is like, you're you're delusional. Like, you're denying the fact – I get it. There is a sense of urgency for Trey Lance to get in because you want to see what he can bring to the, to the, uh, to the game. But when you – it's tough because it's like all of a sudden you watch the team last night where the offense is moving, and the last three games Jimmy's done pretty well. You're you're at this crossroad of like, do we just put the rookie in just because, and, and then and then risk the the season, or do we continue playing on the path that we're playing, or going on the same path and uh, with how we're playing and try and get to the playoffs? And I would say yes, that would be the answer because there's no reason to even tank. We don't have a first round draft pick this year, so we're, there's there's this crossroad. It's like okay, well everybody's going to want to see the rookie, and that's that conversation. But I think there's a lot of people that are in denial of the fact that Jimmy Jimmy G's operated the offense pretty damn well the last couple of weeks. But it still won't be good enough because he doesn't stretch the ball down the field. But when you don't have to stretch the ball down the field, why would you even risk doing it? Or why even try it when you got somebody that can literally work inside? Like last night he threw a dig route to Debo. I think it was in the third quarter. Um, he, I think it was Debo. Yeah, they go like uh, uh for you. I almost sent it to you, but uh, they went like eleven thief, right? So for for those who don't know, uh, we would call it eleven thief on offense or like eleven robber. Basically, it's like yeah, matched up one. So it was three by one. It looks like a cover three look to one side to the trip side. It looks like cover three on the back side. It's it's man coverage. Now on it was still man on the front side. They were just passing dudes out wide. So he gets a mismatch out of three by one. He's got a linebacker on him. Safety rolls deep. The other safety rolls down to try and rob the middle of the field, right? So he's got a linebacker on him that's looking outside and reading and backpedaling, and the safety's trying to come down. Well, Jimmy Jimmy sees the mismatch with the linebacker. Debo gets past him, hits him on the dig in the first window right before the safety gets down. If it's one second later, the safety's going to crack him. Instead, it's a completion. Those are those things, the experience-wise, that you're you're not getting yet from Trey Lance. Like he sees that mismatch, sees the coverage, he's looking wide. Backer uh, Debo gets behind the backer. Boom! First window dig before the safety rolls down and cracks him. Most times, as a rookie, guys like Trey Lance, guys with big arms, not even necessarily just Trey Lance, guys with big arms, will wait maybe a second longer. And end up trying to force that ball on the, to a spot that it shouldn't have been thrown. When you got Jimmy G, just he's got good anticipation. He gets the ball out quickly. It wasn't the best looking pass in the world, but he saved his receiver from getting cracked. Now the chains are moving. I see right now somebody said Kyle lost us the Super Bowl. I would, and, I would agree. Like I, I truly agree. It, it, Tyron didn't Tyron Matthew say it? The Niners kept running the ball with a lot. Uh, the Chiefs would have lost. Yeah. Now. One part about that is, and not to again, like I, I'm, I'm happy with what Jimmy Garoppolo has done over the last few weeks. Um, we talked about shrinking the field, you know, how he kind of condenses the field with where he excels at. And I did notice in the Super Bowl, and this is something I'm worried with down the line. This, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs said, "You're we're, first of all, we're going to make you throw, 
and we're going to make you throw where you're not comfortable throwing. Right. We're going to make you throw outside the numbers. So if you guys go back and look to like, you know, the third, fourth quarter, because Jimmy was efficient up until the fourth quarter, they started playing their safeties really tight. They played press on the outside with really no help and said, you're going to have to make a throw somewhere you're not comfortable doing. Can you do that? And the timing of that was off. I do want to ask you. And, and, and Shanahan, I think, saw that. And up 21 to 10, sees that and says, okay, let's start throwing the ball. He's like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Like, well, we've been running the ball the whole game at will pretty much. And all of a sudden, he wants to start throwing the ball with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. It's like, dude, we're three downs away from pretty much locking it up. So I think he put Jimmy in a crappy spot because it didn't even need to go there. If you can run the ball, I don't care if it's cover zero, and you know this from playing at JC when we were there. If it was cover zero, cover one, seven in the box, doesn't matter. If you can run the ball against people with six, seven in the box, then do the damn thing until they show that they can truly stop it. For and a driver. Right last night. Like right. There, 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 there were plenty of people in the box last night. And right. Kyle said, I don't care how many people in the box. We're just going to keep running that's Mitchell what, into this. would have done that, that's what would have won the Niners Super Bowl. Jimmy would have a Super Bowl ring. Trey Lance probably wouldn't even have gotten picked realistically. Right? And I'm not a Trey Lance hater. I like Trey Lance. It's not even that. It's it's who is the best fit for right now. And I've said this all along. Is Jimmy G is the best fit for right now. Does Trey Lance bring a different element to the game? Absolutely. Are we going to see the different element to the game? Absolutely. If the Niners make the playoffs, let's just say this. Let me ask you this. This is going to be oh, – and I'll probably just oh, – I'm going to leave you with this question. If the Niners make the playoffs somehow – and win the Super Bowl and Jimmy G goes off, what are you going to do? Let's just say they went out from here and they win the Super Bowl. You just tell them, get back and see it because we gave up all that equity for Trey Lance. Or what are you going to do? Well, this is the predicament that they put themselves in by, by keeping them, right? This no, is what Steve Young was talking about right after the draft. You keep him, you open up the door for something like this to where what if he – does and then you go to what Jay York said before the season, which was, Oh, yeah, if Jimmy wins MVP and wins the Super Bowl, you know, Trey Lance can sit two years. Like, <laughs> like okay, well, and that's so. the thing, it's like realistically, realistically, I think that you would be an idiot of a Niner fan to say, If well, if Jimmy wins the Super Bowl and we keep him around, like, screw that, like, I don't even want to see him around anymore. Trey Lance seems to be the guy. It's like the guy might have, and this is this is speaking way far right out of the realm of what things look like right now. Like this is one game overexcited, one game overreaction. It, but they've, they've started to, they're starting to click. Right. And then we have two, I think we have too many injuries to make it that far anyways. And, and I'm sure I don't even want to say it, but you know, it's just more probably to come, unfortunately, just because of the way that there's been for the Niners the last couple of years. But if the defense plays like that and then in, the offense is clicking on cylinders. I think they could make a run. I really do. I think that they've they know how to look at the teams in the West that are projected, right? Projected to win the Super Bowl. The Rams, right? After they got OBJ, cooked their ass last night. They play the Cardinals in Arizona with Trey Lance playing. So the backups in and they lose by a touchdown. Okay. With Kyler Murray and they're running. They have all their dudes. That second game against the Cardinals, that one last week, you could toss that one out. Packers. Terrible. The Packers, 
with the exception of the first quarter, the Niners were in the damn game the whole time and probably should have won the damn game against the Packers, right? So you're talking about the teams that we had to get through to get to the Super Bowl. The Niners have proven, one, that they could beat them, and two, play with them every single week. And like you said, this, the, the schedule is favorable moving through the rest of the, the year for the Niners. So it's going to be a predicament if Jimmy continues on the path that he's on right now and the Niners are doing well on offense. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he goes crazy the next five, six weeks. And now we're sitting here at the end of the season saying, well, well shit, I guess maybe Trey is going to do his package thing next year and he's going to have to sit a little bit more. And I'm not saying that would be bad. I'm really not because look at again, how many years did Aaron Rodgers sit? He had a guy named Brett Favre in front of him. How many years did uh, Brady sit? How many years did Steve Young sit? Trey Lance is still young. He played 17 games in college, right? So I think you can build him into those package things still. And I'm surprised that we didn't see him at some point last night. But, again, you didn't need him because we got up on him. So I would expect to see some of the package stuff still. I would expect to see him at some point probably come in if Jimmy's not consistent. But if Jimmy stays on the path he's on, you're not going to see a ton of Trey Lance the rest of the year. Right. All right. Well, I know you got to get out of here, Greg. I wanted to ask you more about what it meant for Trey Lance, but we kind of touched on that, you know, just the trajectory of where Jimmy Garoppolo is getting and not looking at it just a one-game thing. Like you said, we're going back three games now where Jimmy Garoppolo has played well. And even against the Cardinals, I think most people that are thinking logically would tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason the 49ers, uh, you know, lost that game. You had a couple fumbles. The defense didn't show up. They weren't tackling. A lot of that fixed last night. We'll see if the 49ers can kind of continue this moving forward. But it'll be Grant, a good conversation next week, I think, after we play the Jags and everything else, Jaguars. Well, the Jags got a pretty good defense. So we'll see what happens with, with the Jags on – on defense next week and how they're going to play play the Niners. But I'm excited. I, I think it was a good win last night. Um, it's always a good win against the Rams. Jimmy G, knock on wood, is, is what, 5-0 or 6-0 or something like that against the Rams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been good to see. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you get to the kids, and we're going to go on break. But when we come back, we're going to get a little bit more into this quarterback co conversation, and I'll bring you guys, the fans, the listeners, on live. Greg? Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Brock. We'll see you guys. Thanks. All right, we're back. I mean, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. 315 of you guys tuned in live to hear me ramble on about the 49ers win over the LA Rams, 31-10, a great win, a win that the 49ers desperately needed. Start, you know, stacking together some optimism with the team. And obviously, Greg was kind of getting further down the line with, you know, if Jimmy continues to play at the level he's playing at now, which is... I saw somebody say $137 million game manager. All right. But he's playing at a level to where, you know, you can you can win. You can win with this. And if he continues to do that, what does it mean for Trey Lance? All right. 
Uh, I appreciate everybody's in here right now. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this show, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Definitely helps with the algorithms and lets people find this show. Uh, as always, Underdog Fantasy. Download the app right now. Underdog Fantasy. And it's not just for football. Basketball, baseball, everything. All right. Uh, you can bet over-unders. You can uh, parlay those. It's not just a like a regular fantasy football app or anything like that. Tons of stuff with it. I make money on it. You guys make that money as well. Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code CROCKY. All right. And might have some news coming up. A potential new partnership with the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm excited about that. Got some podcasts coming up with some other uh, content creators. A couple 49er guys. We're going to start getting more than just me on this uh, YouTube channel. All right. So I appreciate everybody. But I'm going to open up everything right now to you guys for the next 10 minutes or so. We'll try to keep it quick. 10 minutes. I want to know what's next with Trey Lance. Are they going to start to incorporate him? How are they going to utilize him? Is just going to sit there and develop? If so, how do you feel about that? Just want to hear your guys' thoughts for the next 10 minutes or so. All right. So here's the link. And boom, we are in the chat. <laughs> Somebody said, ask, ask my mom if she likes Jimmy Garoppolo. Mom, this is my mom right here. Mom, do you like Jimmy Garoppolo? My mom is a 49er fan. We do got the merch coming up. The hats, I've been waiting on it. We're going to have the, the hoodies, the t-shirts, the long sleeve shirts, uh, the shorts, all that stuff, frontline sports stuff, all that good stuff. The merchandise will be coming shortly. The hats will be here first. The hats and beanies. Those should be here in the next week. So I'll give y'all my YouTube family. I'll give y'all the first crack at this. But do like what my mom said, man. My mom said, uh, hit the like button. And, you know, so, yeah, go ahead, hit that like button, all that good stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Nobody want to come on. I thought more people would want to come on right now. But, yeah, just my, my, my thoughts on it, all right, my thoughts on the whole thing with Trey Lance and stuff like that. When they decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, like, all right, like, keep Jimmy, go win. And you won't hear anything about the rookie. Okay, maybe you have some packages and things, different ways you, you utilize him. Awesome. Whatever. Jimmy's a starter. You know, play well, win games. Things started going south. You weren't getting those wins, right? You weren't, you weren't getting the wins. You weren't getting the victories. Jimmy was, you know, you look at the Eagles game. I was at the Eagles game. 49ers started with three or four straight three and outs. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't great. And you're like, what is this? This is not what it's supposed to look like with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And you kind of saw some of those things kind of continue, some weird things. You know, we talk about the Packers game. He did a lot to bring the 49ers back and put them in position to win. He also threw an interception resulting in the team being in scoring position, threw a ball backwards that ended up being like a fumble. That didn't help, right? So he's doing these weird things, and you're like, what is this? And then you're three and five, and you're like, okay. Like, at what point is it that you're not really helping us, right? Uh that was when, you know, you start to hear a lot of the Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. And my thing was, Trey Lance is not going to help this situation. He's he's not going to, Trey Lance is not going to help this situation. He's not there yet, right? But it's only if, if Jimmy continues to play like what he's playing like, then you might as well go with the rookie. Obviously, since then, the last few weeks, Jimmy Garoppolo has played well. And y'all won't hear me say anything about 
playing the rookie, aside from me being funny about him wearing the red sleeves, I'm like, you can't let the can't let the drip go to waste. But you guys won't hear me say anything about Trey Lance having to play right now. No, Jimmy's playing well. Jimmy's playing well. Continue to let Jimmy Garoppolo play well. And Trey Lance, you go ahead and you know learn organically. And when he plays, let it happen organically. And then you go from there. But as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well and putting the 49ers in position to win and they're winning games, all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Got a couple of speakers about to come on. Yo, Croc, uh, what about Jimmy Ward? He just had his best game as a Niner. Awesome. Uh, I don't I don't know if this is his best game. I, I think, obviously, he had the pick six, and he had the other interception downfield. And I think, like, looking at it from a takeaway standpoint, you would say that's his best game. But there have been some other games where I felt like he was extremely impactful from a coverage standpoint uh, that, you know, those games are probably some of his better games. But obviously, uh, this was a terrific game. And it was awesome to see him take the ball away. I've been critical of him and his ability to take the ball away. I've loved Jimmy. I give him I, – I don't know if there's a better coverage safety in the league than Jimmy than Jimmy Ward. I don't know if there's a better coverage safety in the league. Though. But he didn't take the ball away, and finally he did. So I think most people would say that's his best game. He'd probably tell you, man, he's had some other games where he was lights out in coverage, but ultimately it didn't you know, result in uh, interceptions. Here we go. First person up. We got the youngster, Amin, the dream. Amin, I, I know you were you were kind of – you're on injured reserve right now. Yeah. You're at home. You're supposed to be at school, but you're at home. You're on IR. You're nursing that, that knee that you got going on. Are you feeling better today? A little bit better. You know, I see Yes, I see a little bit more, a little bit better. So that's good. That's good. All right, so uh, what, what, uh, what did you think about the game last night? I was happy the Niners got a W. I mean, that's all I can. That's all I want necessarily because I mean, the Niners. It's not anything like last year. The Niners, we were looking forward to getting a better draft pick. So like when the Niners were like winning games against like the Cardinals, or, like the Rams, I'm like, why are we trying to win games when we can get a better draft pick? But we traded up. But this year, it's like I want the Niners to make the playoffs because we don't have any first round picks. Our cap space is limited. We don't have that much money. So, like, it's just one of those things where, like, looking forward to the offseason, there's nothing to look forward to during the offseason. So, I'd rather make, have the Niners make the playoffs. But my whole thing on the Jimmy and the Trey situation. Now, the whole Jimmy and the Trey situation, after the Arizona game, I was I said put in Trey Lance for the rest of the year. Now, I know probably the Rams weren't the best ideal place to start Trey Lance. But... Let's say the Niners lost to the Rams, I would say start him against Jacksonville, Trey Lance. Because my whole thing is, after that Cardinals game, I'm like, the Niners, if they continue to play like this, they're most likely not going to make the playoffs. Because like teams like the Carolina Panthers, they're winning football games. Saints, they're winning football games. And the Niners, if they continue to play like this, they're not going to make the playoffs. And instead of trying to make the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo, why not put in Trey Lance? Now, I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to help the situation. I'm not saying Trey Lance can do any better. But at least with Trey Lance, you get some sort of benefit by him getting reps and him developing, and he gets better going into next year than we're, like, playing Jimmy Garoppolo and continuing to lose week after week after week when we were sitting at three and five. So it was just – that was just my – that was just my thinking when we – especially when we lost to the Cardinals that week. But after this week, when we beat the Rams, while I'm I'm on the – I would play Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season. After – if he can continue to play like this, and as long as we're still in playoff contention and wildcard contention, I would still play Jimmy Grapple because Jimmy Grapple does give us the best chance to win. 
you know what, man? I every time you come on, and I get it. I I don't understand how I have a fourteen year old that is able to think with that level of clarity and kind of maturity. But when I look at the chat and I look at some of the fans and how they react to this stuff, they act like they're the toddlers. You know, they 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 talk. You know, they they'll say this and that about Jimmy, or they'll say this and that about Trey Lance. But I think you come on as a fourteen year old and have a more level <laughs> level headed perspective on this thing than a lot of the adults man i i commend you on that appreciate it but uh i'm gonna get you off of here and get my guy rich on i'm gonna need you to go do some schoolwork or something i know you're probably doing some virtual learning some, or something like that i did some schoolwork yesterday so you know i gotta go do some more <laughs> today. all right all right man you have a good one you too Peace. all right here we go that was my guy amen somebody give him in his own podcast man dude is is uh He's bright. The crazy thing is, I have a 14-year-old son. And this dude, he plays football, plays basketball. Last night he had seven points. Uh, you know, he's a freshman on the basketball team. Hit a three. You know what I'm saying? Did his little thing. Then he uh, posted on, on Instagram. <laughs> so my son, <laughs> my son D, he plays in the basketball game. He's a freshman. And he's he's undersized right now. He hasn't hit, hit, hit his growth spurt yet. I don't even know if he started puberty yet. He's He's... Like he's only like five, 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 six right now. But anyways, hit a three, and uh, you know scored a couple of buckets. And he posts on Instagram the song with T Grizzly. These niggas praying on my downfall. <laughs> I just I thought that was the funniest thing ever. But anyways, um, shout out to a man same age as my son. I can't get my son to watch football save his life. He can't sit and watch through a game of football or sports in general. And it's crazy for somebody that loves sports so much. So, but a man super wise, and he's actually more mature than some of you uh, adults. Here we go. Got my guy Rich coming on. Rich, how you doing? Uh-oh, Rich, you're muted. Here we go. I un did I unmute you? Oh, you can only unmute yourself. There we go. No, I, I did that. I'm sorry. I, I, did, I wanted to make sure I heard Amin because his uh, – I can't believe I have to go after him, man. I feel, you know. <laughs> um, but, you're, go you're about uh, to go after the kid? No, 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 no. I'm saying – I don't want to have to follow him up, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're definitely uh, right. He's, uh, you know, for his age, he's definitely got some uh, some deep uh, perspective on things. Right. So what, what but, are your uh, thoughts on that? Man, last week, I think, was like the lowest of the lows for me. And then this week is seems like the highest of the highest, man. Right. I I think, uh, you know, this is probably the, the, well, not probably, this is the best win the 49ers have had all season. Right. And probably the biggest reason for optimism so far that we've had. Um, you know, and, and I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. I would prefer to see Trey Lance, but I've never been so um, off the deep end that we have to force Trey to get in there and and we're stunting his growth and I've said this I've been consistent with what I've said about, about Trey I do not think that if he doesn't play it's gonna stunt him in any way I would like to see him play but at the same time we have seen quarterbacks that have sat and still had success year after they've come in all on Mahomes now, would Mahomes have had success coming in the first year? Maybe. But did it stun his growth happening the way to year? Not necessarily. Not at all. 
So I don't think that, you know, with Jimmy playing playing the way he's been playing, um, and, uh, you know, even if, you're, even if like your boys, uh, Greg says, they do end up making a run and going to the Super Bowl and winning it, that's a good problem to have, man. I don't – I mean, yeah, we gave up a lot for Trey, but isn't the ultimate goal winning the Super Bowl? Right, yep. So, I mean, we can't complain about that. You know what I mean? I, I, anybody would give up two firsts, and if it means a Super Bowl, who, no matter who's behind center. So, you know, I'm just optimistic around, about the rest of the season. I am a little worried about this game against Jacksonville. Um, not because I think Jacksonville is so much better than us, but just because on a short week going on the road to the East Coast, um, you know, if, if we get off to a sluggish start, it wouldn't surprise me. But, um, you know, I, I still feel like we can beat them. But, um, but I'm going to wait to see what happens. And uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the, the, the season, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming on, Rich. All right. Thanks, Crocky. All right. Good stuff. But my guy, Rich, we got the MILF hunter here. He says, Grant Cohn said Jimmy will be with the team in 2022. I think it's a long shot still. Uh, I think things have to go very well. Like, he probably would have to either go to an NFC championship game, you know, you know, have that level of success to be on the team moving forward. Because if not, then it is kind of like, you know, what are you doing here? You you did – it's not just the fact that you used multiple first-round picks to get a guy like Trey Lance, but you gave up assets that could help improve your team. And not only that, the money that you pay to a rookie. I, 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 it's not like big money, but if you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo next year $27 million or whatever it is, you have to tack on Trey Lance's contract as well. And you're, you're starting to tie up money that – you would assume because of what you used to move up to get Trey Lance is a little unnecessary. So uh, I think that Jimmy has to really have a high level of success to be here in 2022. I don't think it's out the question. I'm not going to say that, oh, it's 100% not happening. I just think he needs a lot of things to kind of go his way to make it happen. And it's possible. I do look at if I'm Kyle Shanahan, all right, and this is not anything bad about Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought he played lights out last night. I think somebody said he started the first half. In the first half, he was eight for eight, right? Eight for eight. He was excellent on third downs. They're moving the ball. They had long drives. I would assume you would hope that next year, I'm not saying that Trey Lance has to start eight for eight, but if you can run the ball 44 times and you have Trey Lance at quarterback, you'd hope that will result in a win, right? Maybe it's not the same high level of efficiency as a passer, but just in general, if we run the ball 44 times, you should you should win that game. Right. I, I hope that makes sense. So I'm not putting down how Jimmy Garoppolo played. I think he did very well. I think he made the throws that he needed to make, and there were some throws, and I always look at this. I'm always – every time I see a throw, I'm like, would, would Trey Lance had attempted that? Would he have completed that? And there were a few throws last night where I'm like, I don't think Trey Lance would have attempted that or I don't think he would have completed that. So I think that's what you're getting right now from Jimmy Garoppolo that you can't get from Trey Lance. Now, there will be things that Trey Lance does where you're like, oh, Jimmy can't do that or he won't throw that or he can't do that. But I think right now with how the 49ers maybe need to win, less risk, 
I think Jimmy Garoppolo does a good job of that. But is it enough to keep him around even though you gave up a lot for him? That's the part. Uh, we'll, we'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. All right, here we go. Got my guy Ryan coming on. What's good, Ryan? A.K.A. Uh, Ricky Williams in the house. What's good, man? <laughs> Without the weed. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing this morning? I'm good, man. How how you feeling about oh. the, the 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 W? You feeling better? I'm cool with the W, man. And I heard a meme, and I heard you guys' perspective on Jimmy G and what he's did. And my whole thing is this: let's slow down a little bit. We got the dub, yes. It's not like we have won four out of the last six games. We lost four out of the last six games. My thing is. Whenever we win one game, we go on this super duper high roller coaster, and we be like, "Oh my goodness, this is us!" But the season has shown us the the more so not consistent type of gameplay that we've seen. So we already are like going like, "Oh my goodness, this is how we played all throughout the year," and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that this is what you're saying, but that's the type of feeling it gives off. It's like, nah, bro, we beat the Rams, which we've won four times against already. Team they got the brakes beat off of them last week. It's not a team that's been winning in the last couple of weeks. They've been on the downside with the injury of Robert Woods, similar to how we got hurt when Brett got hurt. Our morale was down and so on and so forth. I want to see consistency over a period of time with this team because we've been having more like flows going down than going upwards. So did Jimmy do a good job yesterday? Yes, he did. We ran the ball well. How often do we hit the 30 mark? Um, the 30 mark for attempts in run and like in rushing this year, not often. Right. We usually give up on the run. How often do we get turnovers? Rarely do we get turnovers. So two anomalies happens this like last night. This wasn't the consistent thing of the Niners. And Anomaly not only do, turnovers, how often do we six, not? Yeah, not yeah. That's what I said. Not only did, do we not turn the turn the ball over, we got takeaways which we haven't done throughout this year. So now those are two things that. Have not been consistent, so I get what you're going with that, and that, and that ultimately, so I'm assuming led to a win. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, it's like, yeah, we won. This is Jimmy and our defense. I'm like, yeah, we won. I'm glad we won, but let's not get fooled because we do this thing where we'll win a game, and then all of a sudden we go back to our, you know, our bad habits. And over the year, we've seen which is more so our habits is the inconsistent when it comes to running the ball and not being a team that get turnovers. So I really see the next three to three weeks. Are we consistent in saying, are we going to dominate in the run game? Are we going to make sure we put our defense position to pin their ears back and be aggressive because we have taken a, a advantage early on in the game? You know what I mean? And can I see this over a period of time? So by week 14, I can say, okay, now y'all want to say this team has built momentum. We have seen our identity over a consistent um, three or four weeks. Then I think we can start getting back on the hype train. But for right now, we got a W. Let's be happy, but let's not go overboard and thinking this is how we've been trending the majority of the year. No. Yeah, so you're you're being cautious, cautiously optimistic. And and that was me. That was my co-host of Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. You know, early in the year when the 49ers beat the Rams, when they beat the Eagles, we were like, uh, they won, but like this, it wasn't quite right. Like, you know, you just watching those games, it was nah. like that, you know, and my big thing was. I didn't think that the Lions or the Rams, I mean, excuse me, the Lions or the Eagles were the standard for how the 49ers needed to perform to be the team that we thought they, they were going to be. So the 49ers were sitting at 2-0, and and I'm like, 
yes, they're two and zero, but something just not quite right. And then we saw, you know, four straight losses where we're like, okay, this is more like not not saying that this is what we are, but when I was looking at the two and zero start as a little weird, those game those four straight losses kind of confirmed what I was seeing. Now, what you're saying is, yeah, this is terrific. Like that was a great win last night. That was a great win, but we have not shown the ability to really play like that. So instead of celebrating and saying, okay, we, we, we're here, you're saying, can we do that again, right? Like, can we can we play like yeah. that again? And I think a big first, thing was the 49ers did not look, get in their way, no way. First time having a W against a team above 500. And it just happens to be a team that we have beaten four times. So we had a little confidence, a little swag about ourselves. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah. like I said, I'm cool, we got the W. Are we gonna play against lesser foes for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, we can say that, but like I said, we have even against teams that we're supposed to beat, it's been nail biters. We haven't played four good quarters against the teams we're supposed to beat. We'll play maybe one good quarter and end up maybe winning by a touchdown or a field goal or something like that. But are we able to put stack brick by brick? You know what I'm saying? Are we able to do that over the next couple of weeks against opponents that we should, um, as far as our our talent? And our experience, we should be able to go forth and say, okay, this is what we want to be. This is how we want to set the stage. And let's be the nastiest team in between the trenches over the next three weeks. That's what I want to see as an honor fan. And then I would begin to say, okay, now when we think about Jimmy um, going towards the maybe possibly winning the playoffs, then I'll get on the hype train. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. You know we're going to be back here live, same time, same place, tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. All Keep right. doing my guy Ryan, he 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 brought in, he gave some uh, good perspective there, and I, I get it. This is a team that I'm hoping this is who they are, right? Like just dominant in the trenches, uh, you know, just imposing their will on their opponent, really making the Rams quit. You know, like that was that was big time. That was big time. And all right, awesome. Now we gotta we gotta we gotta do it again. We gotta do it again. And you got the Jaguars, and this is a team that you feel like you should win, just like the, the Lions, just like the Eagles. Those were games where I think everybody had the 49ers starting two and up. Now, can you do it again? Wins are tough against any teams. This is fact, especially the Rams. Rams are a good football team. Yeah, they got dogged by uh the Titans. Uh, but the 49ers and and, and Divisional games are always interesting because, and again, I'm not putting down what the 49ers did. I'm not. But divisional games are always kind of weird because at any time, like that divisional team that you feel like you're supposed to beat, they can they can get you. And I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not, it's not a one-off of the 49ers playing extremely well against the Rams because they know the, the Rams. And then maybe revert back to some of the things we've seen in previous weeks with the turnovers and things like that. I hope that's not the case. I hope the 49ers are just, hey, we're going to continue to execute at this level on offense and on defense. And we've talked a lot about Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, the run game, all that stuff. But we got to give a little love to D'Amico Ryans. Called a good game. Obviously had some help. Rams dropped some passes and things like that. Some bad passes from uh, our guy Matthew Stafford. But Good call game from our guy, D'Amico Ryans. That was good. And that's a guy who's been under a certain level of scrutiny, held the held the uh, Rams 
to 10 points. That was that was good. That was good. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, here we go. Um, Kyle is in uh, McVeigh's head on five. That's right, McVeigh. Pretty sure. And I, <laughs> so I saw this picture of Kyle Shannon. I actually posted it. And he had like his arm around his son. And then it was like Sean McVeigh's face on him. That was pretty good. But we're feeling good about the win, man. Um, excited. Uh, we're going to obviously get to more of this throughout this week. If you guys haven't already, make sure you guys, if you enjoyed this show, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. I appreciate everybody that's in here. Everybody's in here with me every morning. Underdog Fantasy. Download the app, promo code Crocky. And I hope I have this. I hope I land this new uh, sponsorship of the show. Wouldn't be able to do it without y'all. I appreciate y'all. Peace. It is picked off by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.